Welcome back to the Work Seats in the House. Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanza coming to you from XL Energy Center on the morning of the Wilds game against the Carolina Hurricanes. Wilds 7 1 1 since the All Star break. 10 3 1 in the last 14, 11 4 1, I think, in their last uh, 16. How about that for math, Anthony? Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. Really, really, really impressive. Quick thinking. Yeah, off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, March 13th is our next live show at Split Rocks. March 13th at Split Rocks. And let me do a quick look, but I think it's March 27th is our next live show at uh, Elsie's. And it is. Uh, So March 27th at Elsie's, March 13th at Split Rocks. Trade deadline is March 8th. um, And a huge week for the Wild ahead here. We have a lot of steam on the trade deadline that we'll get to in the next little while. On this podcast, um, the Wild play Carolina tonight, then go to Nashville and St. Louis for two monster games, Anthony. A huge week, and it's coming off of the week that we thought was the gauntlet week, playing four games in, yep. in, against three of the top eight teams in the NHL, two sets of back-to-backs, three of the four on the road, talking about Vancouver, then Winnipeg, then Edmonton, and Seattle, and the Wild came out of it with three wins in four games. The only loss, the second of back-to-backs in Winnipeg against the Jets. And now it's a, another big week for a different reason. It's because you're facing the teams that are closest to you in the wildcard race in Nashville and St. Louis. Starts with Carolina, ends with San Jose. But this is a big test for Minnesota to, to maintain the pace they're on. They're 7-1-1 since the break, as you mentioned. That's the second-best record in the NHL since the break. Only the Rangers are better. Yet they've only been able to gain three points on on both Nashville and St. Louis because they've each had six wins over the stretch. So this is important. You've got to win those games head-to-head and probably another week where you need three wins in the four games in order to keep the pace going. I just think the bigger thing for me is how they're playing, not necessarily even the results. Results are important because of the standings, but they're playing the game the way the Wild have to play and as we talked on last week's show, and we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about it on tonight's broadcast on TV, that when you really look at this wild club since the coaching change, I think you have to throw out that nine-game stretch where they went 1-7-1, and one, and over that stretch, they were missing so many key pieces for such a big chunk of it. It's the rest of the time since Hines has been here that's indicative of the way this team's played, and they're 22-7-1 and one in the other mm-hmm. 30 games. Yeah. Um, but that one seven one stretch happened and, and, no, it and makes it, yeah. you've, you've dug yourself yeah, a hole because absolutely. of it, and but I'm just saying you know, when you start to look at what's ahead, you could project a team and say the type of team they mm-hmm. are is more the 22, seven and one team. Right. Now, whether or not that's good enough to overcome a one seven and one stretch yeah. is yet to be seen. But I think when you start to predict what's ahead, base it off a 22, seven and one record, mm-hmm. not a team that includes yeah. that. One seven and one stretch. This is a monster game tonight because they lose tonight and Nashville wins. They're six points out of a playoff spot. It's just crazy how well they've been playing and how many wins they have lately. But if you don't go on a just a total tear, um, this is the position you wind up in because of that one seven and one stretch and obviously the first nineteen games of the season. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, a lot of this will determine uh, Bill Guerin's tactics going into the trade deadline on March 8th. Like I said, we'll be talking a lot about that. Um, last night, actually, Anthony, I had a pretty cool night. I went out to LaGrola for the first time ever. Um, and I know you've, you've, you've never been with, to LaGrola. I've never been to the LaGrola. You've never brought me. You're an Italian aficionado. I, we've been there many, many times. A great patio setting in the uh-huh. summertime. Great little quaint place. I love the wine list. The setting is great. Food's good. And yeah, Michael Aspie's a good friend of mine. A I part know. Of I Dean's hear your guys are group. golf buddies. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, uh, he was called the cat. He was the guy. I don't know if you remember earlier this year when there was a lot of talk about Dean growing his hair out. It was like, hey, are you just trying to be more like the cat? Trying to be more <laughs> like Michael Aspie? And you know, he's a great guy, and we've had a lot of fun on yeah. the golf course over the course of the summer. But uh, I took a couple of the Carolina spot. Hurricanes uh, folks, and they said it was the best meal they've had on the road all year. And then we afterwards, we went over to the curling club. I'd never been in there. What a cool place that yeah, was. Just spot. watching curling, you know, I tried to improve my game. Right. Your game that you've been refusing to even make a second attempt. Yeah. It looks so much easier than it is. Well, you have to, it's hard. It's incredibly yeah. hard, but you went one time with us, gave up after one attempt to get out of the hack. Well, because you guys were videotaping me. I wasn't. Somebody you really was. think I was videotaping anything? Yeah, no, no, that's not, that's true. That but, video, uh, if that videotape yeah. were ever to surface... It could go for some huge dollars to any one of your Twitter followers. Um, so the other thing is the the guys that are sweeping and the women that are sweeping, like that is a hard job too. If I did that, one, I would fall without a doubt, go ass over tea cuddle. But the other thing is like I would pull every back muscle of my There's like, no question. Yeah. That's what you were like I'm I'm dumbfounded here by a little bit of your lack of memory of your one curling attempt. You were supposed to be the sweeper sometimes, said no, you refused to do it. So you would take your turn as the thrower, and then you would just stand on the side while other people swept for you. That The sweeping is incredibly hard. It's hard work. Yeah, I don't remember any of this. I'm aware. Um, so I, still, I do have vivid memories of the video that once existed. I don't know if it still does. We'll see if Chad Graff's listening to this week's Chad shutter. has the video? He did at one point. I don't know if it still exists. It's obnoxious. So as, well, right now, Chad, if you're listening, this is... There probably is. Chad a, doesn't know what the hell's going on. No, I know. I'm just. Well, there's no doubt he. There's no chance he's listening. But if he were to, or if somebody were to give him a heads up, this could be something that would be held for some pretty good ransom. I'm betting. I got a feeling like a good bottle of wine could be headed to the East Coast if if a video could be returned in a, in coming the other way in exchange. Bullshit. Ooh. Yep. Sorry. Careful. There you go, Brandon. Brandon, if that is out of this podcast. There's going to be hell to pay. Um, hang on. Let me text uh, Brandon. 622, I cursed. <laughs> um, okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about the... Uh, well, actually, let's go through this what, player poll. What did so, you have at LaGrola, first of all? I had a chicken salad because I'm on a, uh, on a little uh, uh, right. nutritional plan right now. It was great, though. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Um, trying to think. Uh, Mike, had, their play-by-play uh, guy, had the lasagna. And Mike Sunheim, their Carolina... Uh, Head honcho had uh, some pasta dish that he loved. And I'm not a big pasta guy. I've heard their pasta is great, but the, I had a veal dish the last time we were there that was really good. Yeah. But I, I just and I Michael like, bought the rounds. Oh, did he? Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy, and and it's a good spot if you haven't been. Check it out, especially in the summertime. the The patio on the side is is a great spot yeah. to sit on a, on a summer evening. And Wild players absolutely love it. I know Dean Evison uh, is a huge huge fan, and and golf's with Mike as well. All right, um, let's talk about this wild player poll that uh, Lagrola got a couple mentions in. Um, so this this poll was hilarious, and I know you've read Anthony. Uh, Twenty four players participated. Was it in the Athletic? Yeah, yep. Uh, Brandon Duham was the comic foil to this uh, poor thing. He, this guy, uh, they must really love him because they went, they tore him to shreds in there. I just talked to Dewey um, actually about his future here that we'll talk about a little bit in the podcast. But let me go through some of the questions with you. If you had to guess who spends the most time in the weight room on the wild, who would you guess? Eric Sinek. So everybody, 10 
wild players of the 24 picked Freddie Goudreau. Really? Seven, Eric Fanef. Dewey got sick. Dewey won. Um, and But nobody seems to like Kaprizov. By the way, if you want to hear some, see, read some very funny Kaprizov quotes, this is the story to read. He was, it was one of my favorite interviews I've ever done with Kirill. Um, but uh, he, nobody seems to know what Goudreau does in there. He does a lot of, apparently, foam rolling. That's why it's in there a lot. All right, who's always late? But by late, they mean kind of right on time. Uh, I would say Duhame is near the top of that list. The goalies. Flurry oh. one, Gus two, and then both goalies three. Oh. So, so, and that uh, Flower says it's one of his worst trades. Uh, best dresser on the team. This was a landslide victory for this Swedish dresser on this the Swedish team? winger. Oh, Johansson. Yeah, yeah. He's he's. Felino has pretty sharp style too, but I think Actually, maybe nobody picked Felino. I agree. Were probably, guys were probably afraid to piss him off. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, actually, you'll see that they're not. Uh, worst dresser on the team was a landslide win. Uh. Well, I have an opinion, but I'm not going <laughs> to. I would say Connor Dewar, but it's. Dewar was tied for second with Rossi. Uh, landslide winner, Brandon Duham. Yeah, I think that might have been poking fun at him because he actually has pretty good style, too. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, who avoids paying the bill at the restaurant so cheapest on the team? <laughs> landslide win. I don't know. Brandon Duham. Is that right? Boldy second. All right. I'll just go through the rest of these pretty funnily. All right. Uh, who would be the worst road roommate? Five players pick Gus. Four would be uh, Dewey. Dewey won. Um, Favorite non-wild athlete on a Minnesota sports team? Who do you think won this? Favorite? Uh, say like that again? Favorite Viking twin or... or uh, other athlete. Yeah. Okay. Um, or Wolf. Yeah, I'd say either Anthony Edwards or Justin Jefferson. One and two. Joe Jay and then Anthony Edwards. Eight to seven. All right. Uh, most likely to be an NHL coach when his career ends. Uh, barely edging Marcus Foligno, Alex Goligoski. And yeah. got, Goose just says that uh, just means he's getting old. Great quotes about Goose. And yeah, I don't know if I, I'm not sure he's the uh, I agree, Felino to me is the. Felino more, uh, Gus I think is a student of the game, but, or excuse me, Goose, Goose, but he just doesn't seem like the type that has that, that kind of desire. Maybe he yeah. does, but. Well, here's a good, here's st the answer to your question. Most likely to be a GM when his career over, big win for Goose. Yeah, I, I and could he see said that. that's what he would want right. to do. I could see that yeah. more than a coach. Yep. Uh, Zuki said that he wouldn't want to be GM, but he'd be the best GM. He finished second with four, tied with Felino. Um, and it doesn't right. surprise me he would think that. Now, you're going to love this one. This is right up your alley. Most likely to be an NHL broadcaster when his career is over. Who do you think? Ooh. Big win. Well, let's see. It would, it would, I would probably have a different opinion than the players do, I would guess, because I actually think Felino would be pretty good. He's the winner. Oh, okay. Yep. Bogosian, number two. Maroon number three, tied with uh, Mason Shaw, who picked himself because he's done it because uh, of all his rehab experience. And then Alex Goligoski and Jake Middleton. So Middleton, Goligoski, Sean Maroon tied for two each. Bogosian three, but Felino the big win at eight. And Felino texted me when I told him that he won the category. It was good. The boys are finally listening. Uh, favorite Twin Cities restaurant, Billy Sushi, uh, big winner here. Um, anybody that frequents Billy Sushi knows that wild players are in there all the time. Yeah, and, and I like Billy Sushi, but I don't think it's anything spectacular. I've been there several times. I think it's good, and I LaGrola should get some love on the St. Paul side, and I'm a big LaGrasa fan. That's where I've sent some of the teams yeah, who Mar stay in Minnesota. Yeah, only got one. I was shocked. Uh, yeah. That would be mine. 
Um, Lagrola and, and Borla Ross are right up there with with my favorite Italian places. Yeah, it depends uh, on but, if you're staying in St. Paul or Minneapolis. If you're on the St. Paul side, I, I like Lagrola for Italian. If you're on the Minneapolis side, and I wouldn't exactly. say Lagrasa is true Italian. Yeah. It's more Mediterranean, but it it has pasta if you're looking for that. Really good bruschetta. And Mason Margot. Cool spot. Uh, uh, is new French restaurant in North Loop. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't Borbos been there. Spoon and Stables right across the street. All right, uh, we'll wrap this up. Uh, best sewer ball player. So pregame soccer. I always call it soccer hacky sack. Zuccarello, huge win over Brodine, believe it or not. Uh, here's the most interesting one that I, I thought, because I never knew this. So best poker player, big winner, Ryan Hartman. Guess who was second and got five votes from players? You're not even going to believe it. Well, I'm trying to think. I The poker games take place on the plane, a section in front of me. Right. And I don't always, I very rarely pay attention to who wins, but I'm trying, just trying to think of who the, who yells the loudest up there sometimes. And I don't, I don't know who the. Karel Kaprizov. Yeah. Yeah. I did see a score sheet one time that had a lot of points under his name, but. Um, yep. And Hartman says he plays mind games, which is why he would get win head to head. Uh, most obnoxious on the group chat. Big win here from Marcus Felino. Felino. Um, Flurry says that he's not obnoxious. He's just very funny. And that was uh, what Felino said. He goes, I'm not obnoxious. I'm the funniest guy in the group chat. This is via text, by the way. I'm a guy who cannot not say something when someone writes in there. I have to acknowledge everything. I love chirping guys and getting the group chat going with funny pics or gifts. It's easy when everyone else on this team is, goal, is dull. We even have a guy without an iPhone. Come on. And of course, he's talking about Gustus in there. These were my favorite questions to ask. That's like what we've got with my brother. So I can't, we can't do group texts for our golf outings or the uh-huh. donkey hockey league because he's got a non iPhone. Yeah. So it screws everything, everything up. up. Uh, which teammate would you let, they call uh, Gus the green bubble in the locker room, by the way, uh, which teammate would you let date your daughter? I love this question. Big win for Freddie Goudreau, uh, tied for second, uh, with, uh, Marco Rossi is no one. <laughs> uh, so Goudreau, uh, big win in the, and he was very humbled by it. Uh, who do you think got the landslide victory and which teammate would you not let date your daughter? Uh, think of the well, uh, theme of this poll. Yeah, I'd probably go Duhame. Yeah, but... Duhame. Big win. He got 12, and the next closest one each for every for different players and everybody. Um, and then uh, favorite road city, uh, New York, uh, was uh, just edged out Las Vegas. Um, which, uh, well, he said, that just tells me these guys don't know enough about food because they would have picked Montreal otherwise. Yeah, um, yeah. Rossi is the one that picked Montreal, if I remember correctly. Uh, they they actually got two votes. Um, all right, let's talk about the way the team's been playing. Uh, big win in Edmonton, Anthony. Obviously, uh, that that was a game where Gus had to be uh, a star, and he certainly was, uh, especially in the third period where the Wild were just outchanced, outchanced. And then another great line by the Eric Snek, Kaprizov, and Boldy line. Yeah, the third period, I thought Gus was great, and I thought the Wild fell off their game. But I, I thought the first period and most of the second they were clearly better at that Edmonton team is still a mess I, I don't I, I just don't buy the mm-hmm. the improved play they're still a mess in their own zone they're still lacking the they lack the commitment to play the way you probably need to play to win they're going to be in the playoffs they had a 16 game win streak you know what was interesting though when we were getting ready for that game I looked at their 16 game win streak Seven of the 16 wins were against the five worst teams in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Now, you still have to win the games. Don't the, 16 in a row is still 16 in a row, and that all also means they beat a few good teams in there. But it's probably a little bit of fool's gold when you say, all right, during your 16-game win streak, 
you beat, I don't remember exactly how it broke down, but it was like the Sharks once, the Ducks twice, the Hawks twice, Ottawa once. I mean, they, they played some of the bottom teams in the league, and against those teams where they can, mail it in is a strong word, but they don't have to be on top of their game, and then they can just score their way out of trouble. And when you watch the way the Wild played those guys, it looked like some of the great wild match. There's a reason the wild have beaten them 10 out of the last 12. Yeah. Cause they and like played, 50 times in the last, they years. play the game the right way. Yeah. And Leon Dreisaitl wants no part of it. He was so disinterested in that game early because he, the he way was he was defended by Eck and Berdine, yeah. but he is one of the most skilled players in the league. And then all of a sudden he gets a power play goal. And mm-hmm. now those guys got it rolling. And in the third period, it was all Edmonton and the wild were hanging on and, and but they found a way to win the game, and it was one of the few games that you could point to and say, "Yeah, we outgoaltended him in that game. The goalie might have stolen a game, and found a way to win one that they probably didn't deserve to win." In fact, we looked at it in the Seattle broadcast. Out of all the games this season, they only had one other win where they had fewer percentage of the high danger chances, and that was opening night against Florida. And so you got to. The goalie won one. You also had your skill players cash in on opportunities where they've lost a whole bunch of games like that, where they've outchanced somebody, and all of a sudden the first chance the other way goes in. And right now you got some guys that are really feeling it offensively, and Boldy had a big goal in that game where it was hadn't had a chance in a period, and all of a sudden the puck's on his stick and finds the back of the net. Yeah, Boldy just on fire under John Hines and continues to be uh, consistent. Kaprizov, uh, reigning number one star of the week, has been awesome at 12. 12 points last week, six goals. Those guys have been shots. incredible. So, and we can talk about some of the specifics with them. And when you look at anytime you start to look at sample sizes, mm-hmm. uh, the last 11 games, last 12 games, last 20 games, whatever. For me, the one that jumps out the most with Boldy is if you go back to the trade deadline last year. It's when Johansson arrived and mm-hmm. all of a sudden he had a line mate. Because remember, the first mm-hmm. half of last year, he was still adjusting to life after Kevin Fiala didn't mm-hmm. really have a guy to to drive some speed on his line. And about the same time Kaprizov went out where they needed him to carry the load. Man. If you go from there to now, 70 games, 70 points, 38 goals. Mm-hmm. That says something about the way this guy's game is maturing. Yeah. And, and that's then if a, you consider that the first 19 games of the season, you have a goal, right? Or you had and, one and, goal, but, right? So, I mean, but you look at a larger sample size yeah. like that, because over the course of of a, of a year, there's going to be 10 or 12 game stretches where great scorers score. There's going to be stretches where for 10, 12 games, they don't score. For him, I think when you look at it and say it's 70 games, 70 points, yeah. that is a little bit more indicative of, of how quickly I, I think, his game yeah, is developed. I, I think it says something about John Hines, and this is sometimes why you know it, it really helps to get an external person inside that doesn't have all the preconceived notions or all the for lack of a better term, not baggage, but you know, like you, it's hard for, we we used to say that all the time with Mike Yo, it was going to be hard for him to sort of, you know, really downgrade the Koivu's, Parisi's and suitors. Then Dean Evison came in and was able to do it because he didn't have, and you know, and same thing with Boudreaux. Um, and then Dean Evison came in and he was able to do it. But then there's a point where, you know, John Hines immediately when he got here, when things weren't going right with Zuccarello and Kaprizov, he split them. He eventually put them back together, but then he split them again. This is stuff that wouldn't happen before, but somebody else comes out from the outside, looks at the big picture and says, I'm doing it. And why do you think that line's really good right now? And at even strength, that line wasn't good at all this year. Kaprizov, remember, had almost no even strength points. It's because I think that 
say what you want. I know that Boldy drives a lot of people nuts with maybe the turnovers or missing nets, but he is a direct hockey player. He, his first thought when he gets that puck is to put it at the net, where I think Zuccarello's first thought is always to play east-west, look for that second pass, and I think the line just is much more direct now than you add Erickson Eck to it, and that, yeah, I think, is I the reason why. I actually think Boldy's game has become more that way since this switch. Mm-hmm. But when he was off his game earlier this year, it was for the same reasons you're talking about with Zuccarello. It was the same thing that uh, Dean talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. We need to get him to play more direct. It was the thing that Hines talked about when he put them with them. And it was more Boldy and Kaprizov, I want you guys to play with Erickson Eck because he's going to force you to play a straight line mm-hmm. game. And I think it has. Boldy, we've seen at different times in his career, when he starts to feel confident, all of a sudden the shot attempts and the shots go up. And going back to, I think it's mid-January, we're going to show it tonight, he's fifth in the league in shot attempts yeah. per game. Kaprizov's ninth over that stretch, mm-hmm. and it's about – it, it coincides. Maybe it's just having Erickson Eck there because it, if, is there a more direct hockey that's player? That's what I mean. That's exactly yeah. what I was just saying is yeah. that when Hines put them together, he said, I want those guys to play with Erickson Eck because I think he can drive them to play a more direct game. Yeah. And the other thing that is when Boldy's on his off wing, he feels much more comfortable, seems to anyway. I haven't asked him about this. Taking pucks off his backhand, driving to the middle of the ice on his forehand, he mm-hmm. seems to be more dangerous that way. Yeah. And But right now, it's fun when you watch a confident scorer play confidently because he's scoring. And right now, the plays Boldy's making, the forehand to backhand goal that he scored the other night in Seattle, was that was a skilled play that a guy mm-hmm. that is not on top of his game doesn't make. Um, as I mentioned, March 13th at Split Rocks is our next live show. I want to talk to you about the trade deadline, but here's a first uh, a look at some of our sponsors. I'm a big fan of Livia Weight Control Centers because I'm also a client. I've lost 23 pounds since right before Christmas by following the nutritional plan they've put together for me, plus eating some of their scrumptious foods. Well, I've got some other exciting news. Livia, the trusted leader in weight loss, is now offering breakthrough weight loss medications at their center locations. I was down at Roseville a couple weeks ago, and I met with Dan, Marie, and Amanda, where I got all the details for myself. And my home location, Woodbury, just started it up for themselves. If you're like me, the medical weight loss program could be the perfect thing to complement the work you're doing on the nutritional side of your journey. Livia's new medical weight loss program helps you overcome those biological barriers that can make losing weight so difficult. I know it all too well. This upcoming two weeks, I have early flights to Nashville, St. Louis, Phoenix, and Denver. I've got super late nights with games, and the medication helps eliminate the food noise and could help toward accelerated weight loss. For a lot of us, especially if you've got early mornings and late nights, half the struggle is often being hungry. Well, this helps decrease your appetite. And I get all this alongside the award-winning expert nutrition and personalized one-on-one support that I've come to love about Livia Weight Control Centers. So visit Livia.com. That's Livia.com or 855-GO-LIVIA to find out more about their groundbreaking medical weight loss option. Be sure to mention my name, Russo, when you call in or fill out the form on the website, and the awesome folks at Livia will get you all set up. Start your weight loss journey the Livia way. Hey, everyone. Attorney Jerry Bosch here with Bosch Law Firm and WorkCompExperts.com. For almost 30 years, we've represented Minnesotans just like you all over the great state of Minnesota to guarantee they've been treated fairly and with respect when they've suffered a work-related injury. A work injury can change your life in an instant. You need someone on your side who can help you focus on getting back on your feet and getting paid while you do. You may be entitled to medical benefits, wage loss benefits, job placement, retraining, and payment for permanent disability. 
To make sure you are being paid all the work comp benefits you're entitled to, please call the attorneys at Bosch Law Firm. The call is always free, and there's never a fee unless we recover benefits on your behalf. Call 651-333-8300, Bosch Law Firm, or visit us at workcompexperts.com. All right, back here, worst seats in the house, Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta, again, March 13th at Split, Lock, Split, Split Rocks, easy for me to say, uh, March 27th at Elsie's. Uh, definitely come on out to those shows. Um, we're going to be talking, wrapping up the trade deadline. Let's talk about the trade deadline now, Anthony. Um, you know, we didn't get to the Seattle game, but Wild dominated that game. Uh, Flower was great. Uh, but let's talk about the trade deadline right now. Um, I don't think it matters if the Wild are in sell mode. I, I really, as I reported in the Insider the other day with uh, Joe Smith and me, um, I think not only is Brandon Duham on the block right now, I think Connor Durr is on the block right now. And I think there's a good chance that he is that Bill Guerin is considering trading both Dewar and Duham, even um, if they are not in sell mode. Uh, you know they have Mason Shaw waiting in the wings, which we could talk a little bit more about. They're trying to sign Murat Husantinov. It's not as easy as as uh, just signing him. Their contracts go to April 30th, so you have to um, negotiate a a sort of a release of his contract and try to get him over here. They obviously have um, hopefully Felino and Maroon coming back. Maroon's not going to be back anytime soon. Uh, John Hines said, Felino, they're being really weird about, uh, which makes me a little nervous. Uh, you know, a couple days ago, I heard 10 days away. Um, but the fact that John Hines said today that he hopes to have an update by the weekend just always makes you a little nervous that they know something that they're not willing to tell us. But assuming that those guys come back at some point and you have who's not enough here, Shaw here, guys like Beckman in the minors or Adam Raska, it might make them expendable. The other thing is in those trades, maybe you get an NHL forward back. But I get the impression, Anthony, they've had no contract talks with Brandon Duham, which means that they, are, uh, I would think, reading the tea leaves are moving on from him this offseason. And Connor Durer is a restricted free agent this summer with arbitration rights. And if they've decided that in mid to late June, they're not going to QO him, tender him a qualifying offer, you know, you might as well try to get something for him now. If you think that who's not is going to take that spot next year, if Shaw is going to take that spot, if you could go out and acquire a center. Yeah, the only thing I would say is you don't have a need to make that move now. You mm -hmm. can make that move when the season's over. Yeah, but uh, with a pending RFA that you're not going to QO, you might just say, I might not get an asset this summer. So at least maybe what even right. if I can get a but, sixth for him, but, it might be worth it. I don't think you make that deal for a six for him or even a five I'm talking for about him. Jewel right now. Right. But, That's what I'm yeah. talking about too, is that unless you, unless you are either out of the race for sure or – you feel like you can that you have a replacement for him right now, which it doesn't seem like it's Unless obvious it's Mason that they Shaw. do. And Shaw, I think Shaw's presence here might have ignited a little bit in the third and fourth lines yeah. because I think you probably have six guys who at least are mildly looking over their shoulder that if tonight's not my night, we got a guy here waiting. Hundred percent. But Shaw's not going to play the same role Dewar does. He mm -hmm. doesn't take draws. Dewar's been a good face-off guy. He could replace him as a penalty kill guy, but. I just I'd be a little bit more surprised by that deal unless it brought a piece back that could step in your lineup right now. Yeah. Um what about Duham though? Um Yeah, I, I think it's uh because I do get the impression um a lot of teams have have called and have interest in him. I don't think that they're gonna get, you know, a huge asset for him, but if the asset is good enough that makes that whets the appetite of Bill Guerin, I definitely think that he would make that move. And I think he would do it sooner rather than later. I don't think he wants to bring this right to the deadline and and try and because the other thing is is that teams that want to bulk up on your bottom six, 
there's a lot of guys out there that fit that mold. And if you wait, then you could be, you know, out of luck and not be able to move them. So I just get the impression it's, it's coming. Um, there's a lot of teams in the East that have asked for him, a couple teams in the West. I know there was a report out there that uh, Vancouver has interest. Um, I've gotten uh, very conflicting information the last couple, last, uh, you know, 24 hours that that's, um, that's a team that's interested. But there are teams that are interested in Dewey, and he's 26, he PKs, he's a willing fighter, he's physical. He's a valuable guy, a valuable mm-hmm. asset. Somebody would want him for sure. And it, I just, I would be surprised that, I'd be surprised if either one of these was in, in a deal made where it felt like it was just a deal in advance of losing the player in the summer. Mm-hmm. I think it would have to be a terrific deal. It would have to be a deal, and I don't think it would be as good, but a deal like the one last year that came out of nowhere to send Jordan Greenway away. Mm-hmm. It, the, the return was so large that it was a deal you couldn't pass. Yeah, second even, round pick. Even though Greenway was still a, an important part of a team that was making a push <laughs> and ended up being a playoff team, that return was so large that you just couldn't say no. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have to be something similar for Duhame. Not that I, I don't think that return would be a two, but I think it would have to exceed what a reasonable return would be by a wide margin. I mean, remember Jordan Greenway, when he got traded, had scored one goal against a goaltender yeah. all year. Yeah. Had two and one was an empty netter. And when a team calls and says, hey, we'll give you a second round pick for this guy, you can't say no. And so let's, I don't know what that number would be for Duhame. What if somebody called you and said, Hey, we'll give you a third round pick for him. Well, then I think you have to consider it, but I just don't think there's an urgency or a need to move either one of the guys. It isn't yeah. like you've got I think a, Dewey's gone. It, he might be, but I'm just yeah. saying, I don't think it's because you need to get, make the yeah. deal. It's just, uh, if the right deals out there, they'll probably make it. How about the fact, how about this fact? You know who they got? Um, I'm just making sure I'm right on this. But that Jordan Greenway pick? Yeah. Riley Height. Yeah. Who might make this team out of camp next year at 19 years old. Right. No, I, I yeah. that was leading scorer in the WHL. It was a, it was yeah, a Billy, terrific trade. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Billy Guerin has made some unbelievable trades. Like that well, trade. How about even just getting a second round pick for Jack McBain when a month later he could have he freaking could have signed, agent. but he, so, and he would have signed with Arizona. Right. So he gets a second round pick. For a guy that would have signed there anyway, would have signed and there anyway. So I think it was there was to me that trade and the Fiala trade are the two biggest because in both cases everybody in the world knew you had to make that mm-hmm. trade and yet still got a return. The return for Kevin Fiala is going to go down. It could very well go down as one of the best trades in the history of the Wild. Yeah, because you ended up getting Brock Faber who has turned, like right now, I'm not sure you trade Faber straight up for Fiala. I don't think anybody would. No. As, and then and when you, you get consider, a first round pick. When you consider the age and mm-hmm. the price, I'm just saying like tonight on the ice, yeah. Faber's a more valuable player. Now you throw in his age and his price, and it's a no-brainer. Yeah. And then, yes, you throw in a number one pick. Who gets that yeah. for a guy that everybody in the league knew you were going to trade? Yeah. Everybody could have lowballed you knowing, like, hey, and, he's, he's going to have yeah, to deal him and, somewhere. And just remember the context, too, is that Fiala was really getting to pick where he wanted to play because it had to be somewhere to get a first-round pick in Brock Faber. It had to be somewhere where they knew they were going to be able to extend him for eight years, which they basically did. I think it was eight. Um, by the way, uh, Faber's a great price right now. In two years, wait till he's $9 million. Even uh, if he's $9 million, <laughs> No, I know. I mean, you know I mean. you, now you're talking um, about a guy that's – but he's still going to be – he's going to be in the same ballpark as Fiala. Yeah. And he's younger, yeah. 
and plays yeah. a more valuable role. I am telling you, I'm convinced this summer that his extension is going to be eight times nine. Uh, Brock Faber. Uh, I just have this, this. Just I think that's what he's looking at. And when guys like Jake Sanderson are getting eight times eight and Powers contract and Dalene and um, this guy is is the real deal. And then you get a first round pick that was Liam Ogren that really, if you want to look at it, is Daniil Yurov because remember if they didn't have that second round, that other first round pick, they would have taken Yurov at the Ogren pick, but they yeah. knew that Ogren, they, they, they whichever the, guy they get with them, they either took a one way, of them. They took a, a calc, Judd Brackett took a calculated right. guess that nobody was going to draft Yurov in those three or four picks between Ogren and Yurov. So. Right. It, but either one, yeah. it doesn't matter which guy you, whatever way you want to say, they got that guy plus Faber yeah. for Kevin Fiala. Yep. I don't think uh, right now, Flurry told Joe Smith the other day that this is his team and that he doesn't want to go anywhere if they're in, remotely in a playoff. Uh, contention. I think that's real. I'm starting to wonder if, if uh, you know, this summer we see them actually bring Flower back. Like, I don't think he's retiring anymore. He doesn't, his game's not cratered. He loves the game. He's loved in this locker room. He loves Minnesota. And you know what? I mean, you know, here's the deal with Jesper Wallstedt. I, I think they'd love to get him some reps up here to see what they have in him. But did, is he ready? That's the thing. But the other side of that coin is, is say Iowa's going to suck again next year. Do you want this guy to continue to be the backbone of a team that's just brutal? Like, you know, you almost need him almost here. Um, So I'll be interested in what happens. It just would not, it does not, it would not shock me if all of a sudden this summer we see Flurry get a one-year extension and and be here to buy a little more time for Volstead. Yeah, maybe. But I I don't know that I'd worry as much about losing games in Iowa. It would just be more of, is he ready for the National Hockey League? And is there a better way to get ready than facing a million shots a night? Maybe not. <laughs> and, you know, and maybe you're in a spot where at some point you got three goalies here in the second half of the season or something. I mean, you want to do that all year, but there's a possibility you could go second yep. half of the year just say, yeah. hey, we're going to. Press Chafee, we'll as long as you're goalies. cap compliant, you right. could have. You and could, you could even yep. do it earlier than that as long as you don't keep extra forwards and defensemen right. around. I mean, there are a couple teams who have, this year, have carried three goalies for long stretches. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Shaw would need waivers, and obviously we know Merrill and Goligoski can't go anywhere, and Merrill, um, um, you know, would need waivers to get that third goalie onto the roster. So I, it's probably unlikely until after March 8th, which then you can, again, go over your 23 minimum maximum roster. You know, as long I was as talking about next year. Oh, okay. I, see I was saying, saying next year see, okay. that you could, if you wanted yeah. to start the season with Volstead in Iowa, mm-hmm. and if you were worried that he was just getting beaten down yeah, being on a lousy team, bring him up for the second half of the year and mm-hmm. and let him learn in the NHL. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, so uh, Zach Pogosian's uh, back. He's not playing tonight, but he is uh, back. So yeah, well, he's on the ice with the team right. today. That and tells he's going to go ready. on the road trip. So uh, you know that he's a pending UFA. Bill Guerin told me last week that he wants to bring him back, uh, and so uh, I don't think that he's getting traded. The interesting one is Maroon because John Hines said today he's not anywhere close to playing. Um, you know, you can trade an injured player. Obviously, I wonder if if anybody called on him if you'd consider it. I know they acquired Maroon for the playoffs. But I don't think it's a I don't think it's a coincidence that they're playing so much faster right now without him. Well, faster, absolutely. And, yeah, and you could you'd have it's a longer discussion or debate as to how it equates into postseason because they're not as physical. And it's not just because of Maroon. It's Maroon, Bogosian, Felino all out of the lineup at the same time. Mm-hmm. But there's no question that they've become a faster team 
with the way the lineup is built right now. You got a, a line, a third line that's got Lucini, Letary, and Rossi on it. You got a fourth line for tonight that's got Dewar, Duhame, and Hartman. It's a just very different structure to your lineup. Who knows if that would carry through into postseason play or not? But they're playing a faster brand of hockey right now. And we talked to John Hines about this a couple times in recent days, just about you know whether or not it makes you a harder team to play against. It's hard to quantify that, and there's no way of knowing for certain. But they're a different. They're hard to play against for different reasons with the lineup the way it's built right now. All right. Um... I'm trying to think uh, where we should go here. Uh, you want to start with Twitter questions? Anything else we haven't talked about? We haven't really talked about who's not enough. So the Wild are trying to sign him. Uh, he obviously had a successful KHL career. This year, his production was down with Sochi after he was traded. Uh, got some significant ice time and role, but obviously surrounded by less talent than when he was on St. Petersburg. But St. Petersburg dealt him. Uh, when it was very clear that he wasn't going to resign here. The Wild are trying to sign him with a two-year deal to burn the first year, bring him over to Minnesota if they can get this deal done before, uh, before you know, in the next little while, uh, get him a work visa and get him in here. And then it's just a matter of him being around here. I wrote a big story on this uh, yesterday, Anthony, that I know you read really well. Kaprizov is in the athletic. Yeah, deal? that was in the athletic. Um, Borrow Margo's username. Yeah. Um, so um, you can also go on uh, app. Apple News, apparently, you can get all these stories, too, uh, if you're not an athletic subscriber. Um, so anyway, um, you know, I talked to Kaprizov about him, and his eyes lit up. And the one thing that Kaprizov basically said to me is that, you know, the one thing that he's realized since Kulikov left is how much of a help Kulikov was to him. You know, just having somebody to talk in your native tongue, ask questions if you don't understand. And he hopes to be that mentor guy for Murad Huznadinov. Um, he said that they've texted every day this week, which mm. is pretty cool. Um, that Kaprizov was so candid about that and um, says he's a good kid, good player. Um, I talked to Huznadinov via um, text message the other day. He told me he's never been to the United States. And I think that is the key here. You know, we're seeing with Mason Shaw, it's going to be hard for a Russian player that's never played professional hockey in North America to just come in here and get a ton of ice time, especially if the Wild are playing meaningful games. Any coach is going to want to go with the guys that they have trust in. So that is going to be tough. But I think the goal here. This kid is from Russia. He's never been into the United States. The goal is to give him a head start into next year's camp so he can make the team. Get him around the team. Get him to learn the teammates. Get him to learn the culture, where to shop, where to live, all this stuff. And I think that could be a very valuable thing. For sure it could. And you just never know. What if somebody gets banged up or nicked up and all of a sudden you're in the lineup and skill rises to the top? I mean, that's, I, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I think the sooner that you get something done to get the guy over to the United States. It's going to be good for both the organization and the player. Absolutely. Um, let's uh, talk about some of our other sponsors. We'll be right back. Feeling overwhelmed by a growing to-do list and a shrinking schedule? Spending more time stressing over household repairs and enjoying life? Well, you're not alone, and Aquarius Home Services has your back. They are your trusted Local, let us tackle your to-do list team. Aquarius Home Services is here to assist. Whether it's your furnace, electrical work, or plumbing giving you trouble, you choose the service and they will handle the fix and take $98 off the repair cost. That's right. For any furnace, plumbing, or electrical repair, they're slashing $98 from the price. Watch your to-do list shrink while you reclaim your time. No more worrying about flickering lights, leaky toilets, or noisy furnaces. Their dedicated professionals respect your home and your time. Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recommended. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. And don't forget to mention, Russo sent you. 
Royal Credit Union's smart checking accounts offer no monthly fees and no minimum balance. Make the switch to a Royal checking account and you'll also get real-time transaction alerts, free mobile check deposits, and surcharge-free access to over 40,000 ATMs across the U.S. Enjoy financial freedom with no minimum balance and no monthly fees when you switch to Royal's smart checking account. Learn more and open your Royal Credit Union smart checking account online at rcu.org slash go checking. Insured by NCUA. Whenever I want to look like a non-slob, I wear twill. So Saturday night, I'm at Head Flyer. Everything I was wearing, I got a twill in the Edina Galleria. Sunday night, Timberwolves game. Once again, decided to go into non-slob mode. Everything I wore, I got a twill. Stenstrom dress shirts, uh, beautiful Italian sport coat, uh, Brax slacks, really nice belt, uh, everything. Everything, you know, I won't go any farther, but pretty much everything I wore, including you know, my hat is kind of like a dress hat that also has ear flaps to fold down for the Minnesota winter. I mean, everything I've got, I got at Twill. So I recommend you going to Twill and finding what works for you. TwillMN.com, Twill in the Dining Galleria. All right, back here, worst seats in the house, Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta. Next live show, March 13th at Split Rocks. Uh, let's talk about some, uh, let's go to some Twitter questions. We've got a lot of great ones today. Uh, Joey asks, uh, what do you make of Freddie's deal going forward? He's got four years left at 2-1 after this year. Seems to have been even more marginalized role since Dean was let go and the scoring touch he found the last years has considerably regressed. Uh, completely agree. He's second agree. line center tonight. He is, but I'll just say this, and I've said this from the time the deal was signed. I think it may be a hair higher. Like if you would have said going into the negotiation, what's it going to take to get Freddie Gaudreau to sign here long term? I might have thrown out a million and a half a year for five years. And so maybe it's a hair high. And I, I said that the day we signed him, that if it had been 8 million bucks over five years instead of 10.2 or whatever it was, that I, I probably would have liked the deal a hair more. But if this guy does nothing more than be a penalty killer, fourth line center that occasionally can move up in the lineup. Shootout specialist. Shootout specialist and a good faceoff guy. The team doesn't have a lot of great right shot faceoff options. Shootouts are now the wild haven't been in very many this year, but last year we saw how important that was and how important those points were that anytime you look in some of these deals in a vacuum, that's not a bad deal. If that's what your fourth line guy, your fourth line center who has the ability for at least short term, if not medium term to jump up in your lineup from time to time, that's worth it. And Yes, he's had a disappointing year. There's no question about it. They need more from him. There's no question about that. We'll see how it works out tonight with him moving back to the middle. I agree with what John said today. Like I don't, I don't think he's aware. No, like, and he's, he's playing on yeah. the wing with a with you know the guys he's playing it's with, where it's a role yeah. where that line isn't yeah. expected to because, score much. Yeah, like my opinion of Freddie is he actually has really good hands and he's a great skater. And I just he needs think space. It, yeah, he needs space. And and so I let's see if it works. Um, you know, he does have a 15 team, no trade clause, which is shocking to me. Um, and I, I so I think it's going to be hard to move him. I do think there are seem there. I will say this. There are some teams that have asked about him scouts to Joe and I this, this off season. I don't want to say who they are because I don't want to get scouts in trouble. And if I ID the scouts, it'll be easier for the GM to figure out, but I don't think that he's a disrespected player that he couldn't be traded. But I also don't think that Bill Guerin is like actively trying to trade no. him. But I don't think that he would have gotten that five-year deal if the Wild really had any idea that Marco Rossi would be this this good. Yeah, as probably here. not. But I just I think when you start to look at like 
look at the whole roster and how it's going to shake out for the next few years to have certainty. And I'm just throwing this out. I'm not saying that I think this is how the wild project him, but what if he's your fourth line center for the next four years for 2 million bucks? If your two wingers are going to be guys on entry level deals, most of the time over the next four years, and so you got what maybe four million bucks into your fourth line. Mm-hmm. You can win with that. Absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, another question. Uh, CrossFit Hank uh, asks: uh, Is Jake Lucchini making a case to stay in the lineup when Felino or Maroon come back? He looks good on the fourth line. I mean, um, you know, Marcus Felino's stamp playing over Jake Lucchini. Um, but if Dewey and Dewey are traded, you know, Lucchini has uh, you know uh, fits well in the lineup and and could easily stay. Taking advantage of opportunity. Absolutely. It's the longest look he's had in the NHL, right. and he's been good. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Duran goes, what could a return for Duhame and Durer uh, look like for the Wild? Um, mostly picks or younger prospects. I think Durer would be a low asset, I would think. Duhame somebody that, it, you know, it, what I'm hearing is there, he's getting a lot of calls on Brandon Duhame. And if that's true, you could up the price to what, you know, maybe you can. He's only 26. Maybe you... If, especially if you think that you could re-sign him, what Anthony said earlier is if Jordan Greenway can fetch you a second, uh, maybe Jordan, maybe a Brandon Duhame can if a lot of teams are showing interest. The other thing is, is um, you know, I still think if they're going to trade Dewey and Dewey, I think they got to get a forward in here. Uh, I don't think you could just rely yeah, on Mason I, that's Shaw. That's the point I was making yeah. earlier is that I just don't see a team right now unless, let's just say they got beat all four games this week and you're 10 points out of a playoff spot again, then everything's different. But assuming that doesn't happen, why would you force the issue to make a deal just because you feel like we're going to lose this player before next season anyway? I just don't see that happening. Um, all right. Dylan asks, uh, where did the Wild rank in the NHL regarding goals allowed in the first minute of the game? You have uh, ways to figure a lot of stuff out. Do you know that? I don't know it off the top of my head. There was a time where it was high, but it. I don't think it's – I don't think it's – I don't think it's significantly different than most teams in the league anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I can look it up and I don't know if you send me the tweet and all or okay. remind me and I'll check it out tonight. Uh, Luke asks, uh, any chance at all that Garen re-signs Flurry for next season to give Wallstead another year of development in, in Iowa? We just uh, talked about that. Um, I, I, there was another question that somebody asked that has to do relate to that. Do you think that they would ever trade Gus and do that? Have Wallstead and Flurry next year? Not next year. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think it's like just because of the age of Gus. Like I know he hasn't had a great year, but he's had some really good moments. We saw that the other night at Edmonton, and I do wonder, like, um, you know, especially with his age, that you just if it continues to go south like this, and he's not great, if you at least give him another year to to. It would be a shame if you trade him, unless the the price back is astronomical. Have, I don't think it he'd would do have it. to be ridiculous. I think right now, the the value for the contract for Gus is good, and I just don't think we've seen Volstead for one game in the NHL, and it was a it was a difficult spot to throw him in, going to Dallas, second of back to backs. That was an unfair judged or a game by which to judge him but I don't think you want to go into next season with he and Flurry as your two goaltenders yeah. so I, I don't think there's any chance that that happens um Zach Ellert asks uh, any updates on Murat Husandina signing his entry-level uh, contract if they do sign him where do we see him in the lineup we talked a little bit about that and how they might use him um as far as an update um it's not imminent but they are uh so his agents that are based here in North America are working with his agents based in Russia 
And right now they're working on a possible release. Um, everybody remains confident that that could happen. Um, it'll be, again, it, if as long as it gets done, two-year deal worth 925 per if he's in the NHL. Um, he'll burn the first year this year, so he'll get prorated 925 in the NHL plus his 90, uh, including his $92,500 uh, signing bonus. Um, Andy says, um, what's your feeling on this? Because I get this question from a lot of people. Have the Wild Brass given up on Adam Beckman? Will he be traded at the deadline? Or the odds he's on the team next year? It just seems they don't want to give him any games anymore. I, I mean, you know, that is the sense that I think a lot of fans. Yeah, well, it's there just isn't a spot to put him right now. Yeah. They brought him up, looked like he might get an opportunity, and all of a sudden the bottom six started to take off and maybe his presence had something to do with that. I do think that. We, and I also, we talked about it earlier. I think Mason Shaw's presence has something to do with it. So uh, until somebody goes down right now, he had the first opportunity mm -hmm. last year and these guys have played well. I mean, you're not going to throw them in right now in place of Lucini or Letary or in place of Dewar or Duhame. Now, if a trade happens, maybe an opportunity opens up again and, and he gets another chance. But it's we talk about it so many times when these guys get opportunities, you just don't know how many you're going to get and you have to take advantage of them, make yourself impossible to send down, impossible to replace. And Beckman didn't do that. He, yeah. he was good. Although his most recent call ups, he right. didn't get a chance. No, to, that's true. To but not I, do but that. I mean, he didn't when he was up, he didn't in camp. He didn't play his way into a spot mm -hmm. where it was. How can we possibly send this guy down? And it's not always fair, but that's the reality. And look at what's happened. Look at Vinny Letary's career. Look at Dakota Mermis's career. I mean, when they come, when they came up, they never were in a point where they just were handed the ball. Hey, here's 40 games to try to convince somebody. You get yeah. two or four, and then if if you don't do something significant, yeah. you're back down. And now right. we've seen some guys like Mermis played more games this year than in the rest of his career yeah. combined. Yeah. Letary's starting to get close to the most games he's ever played in a single season. Yeah. Uh, Brent Burns just poked his head in here, by the way. Uh uh, I got to catch up this morning. Uh, by the way, I got to catch up with Brady Shea. Love that guy. Uh, Jake Gardner was down here today. A yeah, bunch of those Jake. Carolina players actually uh, hung out at Derek Stepan's house yesterday. Um, Drew Thorson, 14. Uh, any chance to do live shows further south in Minnesota for live shows? We'd love to have you guys down in the southeast and southeast regions for one or two shows a year. Um, you know, basically, the, we used to do shows at Tin Shed. That preceded uh, Anthony LaPanta. That was when I did the pod with uh, with Jim Suhan. Um, the reason why we do LC Split Rocks and Tuttles is because uh, is Tuttles is a sponsor of the show. So we go to their restaurant. So if somebody in the South is interested in having us, uh, be sure to email uh, Karen Cleary at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at talknorth.com. And we'd love to come down uh, to you. Um, that'd be really fun, actually. Um, Let's see. Uh, not a sports writer asks, <laughs> if who's not DNF comes over and plays well, do you think that would have any impact on the Wilds' view of Europe or Europe's decision possibly coming over next year? I don't think it does. Um, first of all, again, the Wild want Europe over here. They're just fine if he wants to stay. And right now it sounds like he wants to stay. I think Europe, I, I mean, to me, if I was looking, if I was in Europe's shoes, I would want, and I, again, I don't know all the politics over there. I know the pressure that these guys get, but I would want to get over here and get with uh, Kirill Kaprizov immediately and get on this team. I know he's a huge fan of this team. He, I correspond with him often. He, I mean, every, you know, you see him liking and, you know, all these Instagram stories from the wild and all that stuff. So he's definitely a part of this, um, this, uh, you know, I think his future, he wants to be here. 
Uh, Marco, just a matter of when, Marco asks, uh, is it way too early to get excited about the possibility of Chisholm being a top four defenseman? Um, I don't think so, Anthony. He looks like the real deal to me. I think he does too. And I think I mentioned on this show that when he was traded, I talked to some people in Winnipeg and they said, you're going to like this guy. He's going to be a top four defenseman in the NHL. I didn't know much about him. He skates that well. He's confident on the power play. I, I know the Wild had to learn about how he'd play in his own end. And we've seen a couple moments where under high pressure, and he wasn't the only one on that Wild Blue line that struggled under some high pressure like in Edmonton early in the game in Winnipeg. But he's looked terrific so far. And as, if, as you start to project a defensive group that let's assume it includes a healthy Spurgeon again next year, if this guy's on your third pair of defensemen, or if he's your number four, and that means one of your current top four on your third set, I think the Wild have got something. A couple more questions, then we'll wrap up the show and let Anthony get his voice ready for tonight's game. Uh, and my my writing chops, my I'll get to exercise my fingertips. Uh, Jackson says, if the team enters the zone, offensive zone, and they are offside, but it isn't called, there's a shot on goal in that the goalie freezes, leading to a faceoff in the offensive zone. If that team scores off the faceoff, can it still be challenged for offsides or no because of the stoppage? No because of the stoppage. Uh, ben asks, uh, well, her, Marat, I love the, uh, I love the, the sarcasm in this tweet. And I gave him a sarcastic answer back. Uh, Ben says, will Murat Husandina be given a legit look once a year, or will he get the normal youngster treatment and maybe get a game or two here and there, but and on fourth line and be a regular scratch again, I, I don't understand, uh, like do fans not pay attention to pro sports, like Murat Huznadinov has never played a game in the NHL. The Wild are, are deep in a playoff contention right now. To expect, do you want him to, should he come in and center Kaprizov? Should he some, come in and center Zuccarello? Like, you, you have to earn your way. You got to practice. You got to get used to your no, new surroundings. So, yes, if he comes here, he is going to be given the normal youngster treatment, as he should. Maybe they have a fi 15 injuries that, that, that wind up allowing him to play up in the lineup immediately, but I just don't get sometimes the sarcastic questions that I get from fans. Um, it's, it's just crazy to me. Um, Karen Fiala, this is a great, and by the way, the avatar of this person is Fiala with a wig. <laughs> says, can you please explain to fans why another year of playoff experience, this is right up your alley, for a young core of Boldy, Kaprizov, Arisenak, Faber, Rossi, Gus, et cetera, is more valuable than moving up five to 10 spots in the draft. This is your alley. Go. Well, it's because that's why you play in the National Hockey League is to be valid down the stretch, to be in a playoff series. It's what excites the fans. It's what excites the broadcasters. You play to make the playoffs. And anybody who thinks it's better off to lose games to move up five spots is a chucklehead. <sighs> um, let's see. I, th I thought there was a really good one for you. Um, let me see. Karen Fiala had another question. Oh, this one, Karen Fiala. This, I don't think you're going to get as kind of answer now from Anthony. Any chance they bring Dumba back at the deadline? Right Shop D is arguably their biggest need this, uh, this season, and I can't uh, see the price for the Dumba being that high. It's not high because he stinks. Right. No. Um, and also, I don't agree that right Shop D is what they most need. If I, was, if I was Billy and I was actually trying to buy, I would try to get somebody to upgrade over Johansson or, or Hartman or Goudreau. Like get a, a, get a, a top, score. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the, the way. I mean, let's the, be honest. One reason why the second line keeps on bouncing around is that there are a couple guys in this lineup that have severely underachieved this year, or at least lately, you know? So that's the deal. All right. Here's the final question of the show. Um, Jimmy goes, 
With daylight savings right around the corner, will the time change make Lepanta more or less on time? I'll be exactly on time. You are the Mark Andre Fleury of the Talk North Network. I, I'm always on time. You're right on time, but on the border of being late. You were you, two seconds from a hundred dollar fine last. And if we had to find based on minutes late, you, you the one show for which you showed up forty five minutes late would exceed all of my lateness added together that over was the at course your of house, two years. And that was, that was, there was nothing official written in stone of what time it, I was going to be there. You were supposed to be there at a certain time. You picked the time and then showed up 45 minutes late. At least so Margo was nice about if it. If I showed up one minute late for the next 45 shows, we'd be even. See that one to me, like to me, it's always like, it's, it's not a, it's a set time when we're doing a show live because we're trying to not convenient, right. and inconvenience other people. When I show up late to your house, that's just a, that's a, just, that's, that time could, you, you know, go up or down. Yeah, a it's rule. a guideline. Yeah. And I'm only inconveniencing, inconveniencing the two pool people. The pond, the pool, the pond would be good for you. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, well, this was a fun show. I feel like we got a lot of work done this show. Yeah. I had a lot of work done. I, and we got a lot of good stuff. The team's playing great. Makes it exciting. Great I'll deadlines that around you finally the made it to the, one of the best Italian places in town. I know. La Grola. Yeah, and now we found out that you know you have excuses for when you're late. I got one of these shows. We got to talk about your handicap. I'm starting to hear that's been a little fudged. Fudge? No, it's I play at a handicap that's too low. I know that most right. people try to have it too high. Right, and I don't. So it's not fudged. It's I play to my true handicap. The problem is I just don't play to my handicap very often. But I follow the formula religiously, and it's somebody told me recently. That if you're an eight handicap, he's in the live tour. It's no, but I'll tell you, like if I'm an eight handicap and I probably, I'm actually not an eight right now. I'm a nine. But if, if you're a nine, I play to the nine, like three out of 20 rounds. Okay. But that's, but you still have to, that's what your number's supposed to be. Okay. All right. March 13th is our next live show at Split Rocks. We'll be doing a uh, recorded podcast next week. Uh, we'll figure out a good time to do that. Probably uh, it'll be our last pod before the trade deadline. Um, so that'll be fun. And then, um, yeah, we'll figure that out. We'll get to figure out the time. Thanks to our sponsors, as always, uh, for joining us. Uh, and thanks for you for listening. Uh, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio in the bowels of XL Energy Center. Uh, thanks to Aquarius Home Services, your local authorized dealer for medical uh, water treatment, Royal Credit Union, Livia Weight Control Centers, Boschlaufer and Twill in the Adina Galleria. Talk to you next week, everybody. So much coming out, there's nothing going in. I know that you feel like you're never gonna win. Oh, but the world won't forgive a winner. This is bullshit. Ooh. Yep, Sorry. careful. There you go, Brandon. Brandon, if that is out of this podcast...